Good morning, this is Joe Luck with Nebraska Extension, and today I'm going to share with you just a little bit about how we can apply Precision Act technology to conduct on-farm research. In particular, we're going to be looking at uh, seeding rate studies, and in the, in the case study we'll look at today, we're going to be talking about soybean seeding rates. Um, I would also like to recognize Sarah Sivitz and Laura Thompson, uh, two of our Extension educators that have uh, helped out with this project in particular. We have several opportunities to do uh, seeding rate studies. This is an example of uh, typical field length strips where we could use maybe a manual approach to, to set up and conduct that study, even if we had to go out and manually change rates uh, on a planter. Um, it's been very successful in, in a way to go out and just help producers look at uh, how, how their typical seeding rates are performing compared to higher and lower rates. What we're going to really be talking about today is how we can use precision ag data sets and also the technology in the field to help us maybe create a little bit more complex studies. So the example you see here is a prescription map we created for an on-farm research study. You can see the treatment blocks across the field. So we have four different seeding rates. We actually have 16 blocks throughout this field, each block containing one of those four seeding rates. So this was actually developed in, uh, in a software package and the prescription map was created, we could then take that prescription map and upload that to the variable rate monitor in, inside the cab of the tractor if that planter had that capacity. And it's important to note that there are commercially available farm management software packages that will now allow us to design these kind of studies. And that makes it really handy because then we can basically translate that directly to the, the monitor in the cab to, uh, to upload this prescription. I also want to point out that each one of those systems, whether we're doing variable rate seeding, uh, variable rate dry or liquid product application, those systems typically record the as-applied data, so where and at what rate the products were applied every second. So that's what we're seeing here. Every second that planter has tried to estimate how many seeds per acre were planted as we move through our plots. And this is just a really nice quality control check. Um, we'll, we'll look at this a little bit here. If we know that the systems didn't respond appropriately, it's probably a good opportunity to take that data out. So you can actually see in this, in this case, the southeast portion of the field, which was planted first and, and moving toward the northwest, the planter actually wasn't responding to our different blocks. And that was because the, the prescription wasn't loaded properly into the monitor. The operator was able to stop and make that change. So then you can start to see where the planter actually started to respond appropriately. Um, and this is just good to know because someone might think that this study wouldn't be uh, useful or, you know, in fact, we didn't expect the operator to plant this at an angle across the field. We were just kind of expecting an east-west um, uh, planter pass. So one might think that's going to be useless, but actually with the as-applied data, we can go back and look at areas where the planter successfully planted according to our rate blocks and then look at the, the yield monitor data and, and verify that. So this study was actually not uh, not a loss at all. We were still able to get good information. And you can see that here in the summary table in particular for this. Uh, we'll look here at the yield data. Uh, we had uh, uh, yields ranging from 62 average bushels per acre to 65. It's important to note that we designed this for 16 blocks. Um, if we looked at complete blocks, so all four target rates were represented successfully from the planter and the harvest data, we ended up with only eight for this, uh, this summary. 
but even with eight, we were able to detect significant yield differences down to three bushels per acre or just slightly over three. Uh, you can see here the 62 to 65, those were statistically different. Another thing that, that also might affect the ability to detect that high of a resolution is the field itself. So if we have a very uniform field, not a lot of soil textural differences or terrain, for instance, uh, that actually helps us in this type of study know that the field is probably not going to benefit from a, a variable rate approach across the field. So uh, if this yield difference, if, if say that had been much higher, say it, it was 10 bushels per acre was our least significant difference, that actually might be a clue that there is a lot of variability in that field and we might need to go back and analyze the data and determine if maybe a true variable rate approach would be of benefit so maybe raising rates in certain parts of the field and lowering rates in another part of the field so there's kind of two two different clues we can look at there um, as we always do in the on-farm research network we really need to look at profitability here in some way and what you can see here is the the grower typical rate of 150,000 seeds per acre it's statistically less than, than what would have been if we had dropped the seeding rate down to say 125 and, and even 100,000 seeds per acre. So the true optimum rate may be somewhere in between, uh, in, in between those two rates, but at least with this information, we can show the producer that you know they could actually get some, some money back. We really have to think about uh, quality design of these studies so always replicated randomized treatments organized into blocks if we're using uh, maybe a product we really have to think about check strips zero rates of, of that product just to say what would have happened if, if we didn't use it uh, typically in these in these type of seeding rate studies or or so forth that might be the grower rate in this case again 150,000 you can see that the rest of the field here was planted at that rate um, we need to think about two other things one is with technology we need to span a pretty wide range in terms of our rates so if 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 I were to say you know let's plant a corn seeding rate study at 34,000 the next treatment rate might be 33,000 I'm not really confident that the planting technology today can hold us to that that fine of a resolution so typically in our corn rate studies we might suggest 3,000 or 4,000 seeds per acre between treatments on our soybean seeding rate studies we might think about something closer to 30,000 seeds per acre between our treatments um, for instance in nitrogen rate studies we've we've typically said not less than 30 pounds per acre of nitrogen between uh, rate. So just something to think about there. Also really need to consider the applicator itself. What's the width of that equipment versus the harvester width? Because we're using yield monitor data to assess these studies. And uh, oftentimes, especially on soybeans, those two do not match up very well. A lot of times in corn, it's much easier because the harvester might be half the planter width, but in soybeans, that could be different. So uh, something to think about as we set up these, these blocks. Another aspect that we've started to take advantage of lately is our in-season scouting and trying to digitize that data. So what you see here is a picture of our prescription map on the left. We can actually use software to go in and identify exact blocks where we want to go out and do some, some in-season scouting. In this case, uh, we've been using an a app called SMS Mobile, which SMS is also a software package you could use to design these studies. 
this allows us to prescribe where we're going to go out and then uh, merge that data with the georeference location. So the neat thing about SMS Mobile is it will actually direct you sequentially through your plots. So it'll tell you a heading for you to take and then the distance to take and walk you through where you're supposed to be and then you can enter in that data. In this case, we're, we're typically doing stand counts uh, early in the season and then it'll actually tie that data back to the location. Um, we could also do this with a handheld GPS device. So uh, our cooperating educator, Sarah Sibbets, and this, this year has gone out and taken stand counts across our blocks and recorded those data here along with the intended rate. So we can actually go back now and look at average seating rates and it, just to be confident and ensure that, you know, as we went up in our target rates, we also went up in our, our uh, emerged rates of plants. And, and that gives us another clue if there's some issues we need to go back and look at maybe in, in the data. We've already talked about some data sets to collect. Um, we really are starting to get some interesting information from the geo-referenced in-season crop scouting data. Also aerial imagery, if you have the ability to acquire that at some point during the season. If we do have an issue that we could detect uh, in our crop scouting using that geo-referenced method, sometimes we can go back and tie that into different areas of the field using imagery that we might not be able to to do or have the time to do uh, while we're actually out walking through the field. Uh, in the end, you know, again, we're using yield monitor data with these studies to uh, <clears throat> to conduct the analysis. Um, so we we are trying to get as many blocks or as many reps out in that field as we possibly can. A couple of interesting things. So if you look at the chart here in the bottom right, uh, the areas in red uh, might be locations where we didn't really get the same uh, analysis in terms of marginal net return as the average. So again, our highest marginal net return was at the lowest seeding rate. Uh, notice that in block two and in block six, that might not have been the case. So if we would have just gone out and put, you know, one strip of this out, we, we of even the four rates, we might not have gotten this quite the same answer. Uh, one thing that I think is really interesting is if you look again at block two in the small blue circle and block three, uh, I'm sorry, block four, uh, if you compared a higher rate to the actual grower's intended rate, in both cases, the higher seeding rate would have generated a higher marginal net return. And that's one of the things that really, uh, it's, it's a little bit disturbing when we have um, consultants out in the field that just want to drop one little block of, of a different rate or, or maybe the growers rate compared to their block. The inability to do these replicated studies really takes out the opportunity to, to get to a true answer with this averaging. So just really interesting that, you know, two out of four, uh, two and four rather would have given us a different answer if we were just looking at the growers rate and maybe even a higher rate. So uh, something to think about as we, as we look at and analyze data. I want to thank you for tuning in a little bit. This is just a bit of information about some of the, the variable rate studies where we're trying to use Precision Ag Tech to speed things up. Um, would look forward to some questions and, uh, and if you ever want to reach out, there's some contact information. Thanks.